By now, it's fairly obvious that Pastor Mark and Pastor Brenda are out of town. But uh, I believe we have a good word for you. So if you don't, uh, if you don't shut your spirit out, you're going to get something today. I believe God has a very powerful word for you, a word that's going to really fulfill you and really help you to be what, you, what God wants you to be. Father, thank you for your word today. I thank you for your precious people. And I ask, Father, that revelation would come forth. Lord, for the sake of the gospel, I pray that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened. Help us, Father God, to operate in the heart and in the passion of God today. Thank you for power for everyday living to be not only uh, a blessing to ourselves and our church, but a blessing to the world. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. I did a message on Wednesday night entitled, Can I Get a Witness? And that was about the witness detection program. I thought it was a pretty good message, wasn't it, Pastor Nancy? You see, in the witness protection program, uh, what people do is you testify in a high-profile case, and I'm not going to go too deep into that, but what you do is you, you testify in a high-profile case, and then it's so dangerous that what happens is that they take you and your family, they give you a new name, a new alias, they pick you up, they put you in another place so that you could blend in, and they hide you. You go incognito for your protection. Hello. But you see, uh, in, God never called us to be in a witness protection program where we hide and where we're incognito and we blend in with the crowd. We, what we needed more is witness detection. You need to stand out. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. Amen. And so that was a good time in God on Wednesday night. I encourage you to get that. Uh, how many of you know what I'm holding in my hand? Uh, of course, if you're listening by iPod, you can't really tell what this is. But it's this, it's this uh, kind of a beige yellow... Uh, Eight and a half by <laughs> eight and a half and by eleven piece of paper with with uh, some some uh, burgundy writing and what have you. And if, in case you haven't got one recently, it's a it's a jury summons for service. <laughs> people, some I see people rolling their eyes everywhere for the uh, either superior court. Uh, of, of California or the United States, you know, the different, different things. So you understand what that is, right? Has, every, has everyone got one of these before in the mail? All right. And uh, do you realize that this is a legal document? Do you realize that there's, <laughs> there are repercussions if you ignore this? Is that right? So a summons is, uh, let's look at what a summons is. A summons is an uh, is, is uh, official order by an authority to appear to come or to do something. And of course, this is, uh, this is not for me. This was for my wife. A summons for jury. <laughs> I don't know why she gets picked every year and they don't pick me. I don't know. I don't get it. But anyway, this is for her to appear, you know, to, to perform jury duty. But anyway, friends, today, the title of our message today, what's burning in my heart, I believe God put it in my heart for us today, was uh, another installation in the message or the series, Can I Get... A witness, and I'm entitling, subtitling this, The Call for Compassion. The Call for Compassion. Let me read uh, for you, if you turn with me, please, in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 60, verse 1 through 3. And it says this in the King James Version. Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. For behold... 
the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. But the Lord shall arise upon thee, and his glory shall be seen upon thee. And Gentiles shall come to thy light, and kings to the brightness of thy rising. Amen. Turn with me, please, if you would, to another uh, uh, portion of Scripture. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, again in the King James Version, where Jesus... uh, enlightens us, no pun intended, that you are the light of the world. It says this, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light to all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before man that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Now, some of you are wondering, is it going to get any better than this? Because I already, I know that, that uh, being a light and things about get it, being a witness isn't, doesn't always bring an excitement because I believe many Christians feel somewhat um, underactive in that department. But I have good news for you today. Stay with me. You're going to get real happy, praise God, before it's over. How many of you going to stay with us? Let me read that scripture in the Message Bible. They'll put it up for your convenience. Notice what it says. I love this translation. It says this. Here's another way to put it. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, he says, shine. Everybody say, shine. Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. I want to read that just one more time. Keep open house. How many ever had an open house? You bought or sold property or you went and uh, were window shopping. And you know, uh, there's a sign that says uh, open house. And the reason why you go looking, the sign, you wouldn't it be surprising if the sign said open house and you went and nobody was there. But on the other hand, it's there. What do they want to do? They want to show you what's on the inside. Friends, it's time for for the church to start having open house. It's time for you with your life to start having open house. Because you know what? You've got some good stuff in your house. You've got some good stuff in your spirit. You've got some good stuff in your family. And the world needs to shop this out. Hallelujah. They've got to figure this out. Glory to God. Just a little aside there. So notice this. He says, by opening up to others... Oh, let me read this again. It says, uh, keep open house, be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God, this generous Father in heaven. And here's what I encouraged on Wednesday night, is should you not get a chance to listen to that message. And I encourage people, you're the light of the world. And here's a thought. Walk in the light that you know and share the light that you know. This is what I've discovered. No matter how old you are or how long in the Lord or how long you've walked with him, as long as you have an authentic story to tell, 
As long as what you are sharing is something that is real and vibrant, even if it's a small thing, it may not be a theological dissertation, but it's a story like the woman said, come see a man that told me all that I ever did. That's all that woman knew. She didn't know anything else. She didn't go to Bible school. She didn't attend Heart of the Bay Christian Center. She didn't go to Christian 101. But all she knew is that there was this guy that really is the real thing, and she invited everyone says, come see a man. That's, that's what she had to say. And with that short period of time that she came in contact with real life. See, before then, is it fair to say she didn't have a contact with real life? Everything was religion. How many know people are fed up with religion? But you see, with that little one-liner... I said with that one little one-liner, it was alive and vibrant because it was real to her. So whatever's real to you, that light that you have, if you're generous with it, if you just tell what you know, that's enough to bring someone's uh, curiosity and open their heart because a genuine witness will always do the work that it's intended to do. It will always uh, penetrate the heart. Somebody said amen. Now, let me, let me just uh, in, in, read a couple more scriptures before we get into the meat of the, of the message. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people, that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light, that you might display this. And by the way, displaying this doesn't always mean what you say. It's how you conduct yourself. It's when you're fair. It's when you go back when that poor little checker at Costco gave you an extra $20 bill and you go back and and you wait because the line is long and she finally gets your attention. So you take time out of your day and you come back and say, Dear, I, I know that you're working really hard today. It's a busy day but you gave me you, you gave me $20 too much does that really happen today I said does it happen today well it happened at the San Leandro Costco I was there hallelujah <laughs> this poor girl was working hard that day she the line was so long and she's just doing this and doing that and I so we had to wait to get her back her money but let me tell you something when you do something that speaks integrity something that speaks kindness it is speaking volumes it's a witness of your heavenly father glory to god so see you're a special people you're you're displaying you're on display let me read second corinthians 2:14 through 16 but thanks be to god who in christ always leads us in triumph as trophies of christ's victory People need to see the trophies of Christ's victory. And says, and through us spreads and makes evident the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. For we are, somebody say, I am. The sweet fragrance of Christ. That's right. Say it, the sweet fragrance of Christ. Now I'll continue reading. Which exhales unto God, discernible alike among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. Friends, people can tell the difference. There's a difference between you and the ungodly. There's a difference between people that love God, seek God, reverence Him, and those that could care less. Do you know there's a difference? And when you walk into a situation, you shouldn't be a blender, praise God. You should walk in and there should be a difference about you. Not that you're being rude, but there should be a light about you. 
Now, let me read something about this, and we're going to get into the meat. That was well by way of introduction. One more scripture, Philippians chapter 2 and verse 15 in the King James Version. For the sake of time, I'll quote this. That you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. Did you get that? If the world around you is perverse and crooked, don't be shocked. You're, you're there for a purpose. You're there for what? To be the light. Praise God. And it's hard to be light, my friends. It's hard to be light if there isn't darkness. But when there's darkness, say somebody say contrast. So let's, let's face it. We live in a crooked and a perverse nation or generation. Let me now get into the meat of this. Everyone, please turn in your scriptures to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm going to be reading from the Amplified Bible the first three, let's say three uh, or so verses, maybe four. And I want you to understand something about, about what God is calling you for. The title today while you're turning there is, Can I Get a Witness? This is a call for compassion. You are being summoned by high court of heaven to demonstrate and release and display compassion. Let me read this to you. Understand this, that in the last days, in the last days will come set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered, lovers of money and aroused by an inordinate greedy desire for wealth, proud and arrogant, contemptuous boasters. They will be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy and profane. Now this is what I want to settle on before we take off. Are you ready, friends? Stay with me. They will be read it with me, without natural human affection, callous and say it, inhuman. I'm gonna, I want you to read that real strong with me again. They will be, come on, wi- they will be without natural human affection, callous and inhuman. Now, I am certain that those that are our elders are have every right to be in shock of what they are seeing today at how callous people are, at how hard people are, at how some people are doing things today that in the 40s and in the 30s were unthinkable as far as atrocities. And people are just inhuman, the kind of crimes that are committed today. And let me read something. I want to center in on the word humane. Will you let me do that today for a moment? Notice this, the definition of humane. Humane is marked by compassion or sympathy or a consideration for humans or animals. I mean, uh, kindness, if you will. Having or showing compassion or benevolence marked or motivated by concern, listen to this, with alleviation of suffering. What in the world has happened to... Uh, to our generation that we live in, well, I'll tell you what's happened. They've slid away far, far from the rule of compassion. And let me just say something to you. There are things that we are faced with every day that should elicit some kind of a compassion or some kind of sympathy out of our soul. Listen, even if you're not a Christian, just there should be a human feeling about you that it elicits. But there are people today that are so callous, they feel 
nothing. Let me give you a few examples. We'll go from something very simple to maybe something more complex. How many of you with me so far? You're going on to a crowded bus. The bus, every seat is filled. An elderly lady gets on the bus. She's having a hard time getting on with her shopping bag. She gets on the bus, finds the coins in her little coin purse, takes her a long time. People are impatient. They're tired of this lady. Why is she taking so long? With her arthritic ridden fingers, she puts in her little nickels and dimes into the, in, into the container. And then she tries to find a seat, but there are no seats. Friends, in my day, when I was a kid riding Muni, by the way, Rick, we scrambled to get up and help offer that lady a seat. What in the world has happened to us? Take a look around. People could care less anymore. Here's this woman standing. She sta- you could see elderly people just standing there. When you have young people, they're busy with their little iPods or texting somebody or tweeting somebody. Absolutely oblivious of the needs or absolutely oblivious of the pain or the suffering. Or how about this? A lack of respect. Respect. Am I preaching the truth now or what? In my day, that did not happen. In my day, we as young people would stand up and offer this lady. As a matter of fact, in my day, we would get up and help her carry the bags inside. And if she didn't have enough coins, she says, we'll take care of it for you. Because we honored the elders. But you see, you see, you see a person, an elderly person struggling. It, the natural human, listen, not even Christian, but the natural human tendency should be, it should elicit a response of sympathy, but sympathy is something that you could feel. See, you begin to feel, I remember that's how grandma or grandpa was. I want to help them. You don't know this person. This person is a stranger, but the, but there's a motivation on the inside of your heart that if you're, if you're tender on the inside, you do something and that's the difference between compassion and sympathy sympathy is say I feel it I feel you I could feel you but this is more than I could feel you I'm going to do something to alleviate your suffering and that's what compassion is hallelujah hallelujah now here's a, here's another one. How about the feelings that you get if you're if you're if you step out your front door and you may not be an animal lover, but supposing there's a little baby kitten that's just curled up and looks up at you like this. Most of us, come on. Even if you're not a cat lover, come on, come on, help me out a little bit. If it does not, most of us, it should elicit something in the nature of ah. Come on, help me out. Is that right? There's, there's a, as a matter of fact, when we go to, to the zoo, if we've had a chance to go to the zoo, and we see the young, uh, a, a young little zebra, or a young little elephant, or young whatever, and a little, uh, uh, you, 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 your natural tendency is toward the young, listen carefully, toward the young to say, ah. And how about if, how about if it's hurting? How about if there's a natural sense, even though I can't stand cats. Oh, did you really say that, Pastor Tom? This is for the sake of example, okay? For the sake of example. (laughs) I got to be politically correct here. We don't need the humane society to come out here and lynch me, right? There's a desire to want to help the little guy. And so you get in. Somebody say get involved. 
That's a natural human tendency. Is that right? At least if you're not callous. How about this? A lost child. How many of you ever have you when you were a kid ever lost in a store like you were following your mom around? There's one honest soul. Come on. And then this is a I don't know when you're a little kid, everything looks bigger. Like your mom looks like she's 30 feet tall. The refrigerator looked like a skyscraper. But see, when I grew up, I realized my mom was only like four foot ten. I says, man, she wasn't really that tall. But when I was a little listen, when you're a little kid, everything looks so much more dramatic. Is that right? And so I remember what it felt like when I was in a store. And, and I, I tell you, through the eyes of a child, I have no idea how big the store really was. But this is what I do know. I do know that it felt terrible, like, oh, no, you know, and, and you just feel this, this, this alarm seizes you because you are, somebody say, lost. And I remember what it's like for a tender, kind person coming to me and finding me and say, honey, are you lost? You see, this I, a stranger, a total stranger. Now, see, and today you've got to be careful because you'd be hearing about abductions. <laughs> but I'm just talking about when I was a kid. Well, you know, I've had opportunity when I was in store. You might be in Wally World, hallelujah, you know, shopping, taking your good time at Walmart, just kind of window shopping or something. And all of a sudden you see a kid and they're crying and they're, they, have, they're, they don't know where their mom is like this. What is the natural response? You want to say it again, brother? You try to help. That's compassion. So you do something to comfort the child and you try to find the authority. Hey, we're going to help you. And you offer something. You don't just ignore it. You do something. I can tell we're connecting today. How many of you feel connected today? We could go on and on. Uh, but anyway, let's just leave it at that. A sense of connectedness. And I want to tell you something. Let's, let's skip on down here. Remember that you're here to be the light of the world. And I have just a little bit of time. See, I'm just, I'm really doing my best to, uh, doing my best to, to, to meet it, meet out what I have in my heart in the due time. So, I want you to notice, not that you have to turn there, but in Matthew chapter 24, verse 10, 12, and 14, there's a couple things that Jesus said. He said, Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and will hate one another. There's a lot of hate going around today for whatever reason the rich people are are mad and hate the the poor people and the poor people hate the rich people whatever you know this the 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 polka dotted people hate the striped people whatever you know everybody's hating somebody uh there just seems to be such a strong pervasive uh quality of people not getting along and doing crazy things you know what i'm talking about it's all over the media we don't have to glorify the devil but what's happening is notice in verse 12 because iniquity shall abound it says that the love of many will do what it will wax cold now i think we can sir it would serve us well to to apply the word compassion on there because of iniquity that we're so surrounded with, it says in the last days that the compassion of people, in other words, the ability to identify someone that's hurting and the uh, decision to get involved is going to wax cold. People are going to be really skittish about getting involved. I mean, you've heard about this. I don't have to go into, you know, people getting mugged in broad daylight in, in, in Central Park in New York. You know, you've heard those stories, right? There's a whole crowd of people. Everybody's there, but nobody wants to get involved. You know what I'm talking about, right? I, I tell you, as Heart of the Bay Christian Center, I, I have this really strong in my heart. We are Heart of the Bay Christian Center. We have a heart 
We have the heart of the bay, but now we're, we're also coming up to another level where we're displaying the heart for the bay, where the compassion of God will rise up on the inside of us, and we're going to do things like we never have before, reaching people, praise God. I think compassion is the key, praise the Lord. So no, let me, let me notice, note something that is attributed to St. Francis of Assisi, and that was preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. Now, you, how many ever heard that before? Yeah. You've heard that before, haven't you? Preach the gospel at all times, if necessary, use words. Now, there are a variety of variants of that saying, and it's been attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. However, despite that it has been attributed to them, we can't find any documentation that he actually wrote those exact words or variant of it. But this is what he did say as he wrote, see, he's the founder of the Franciscan Order of Friars Minor, if you know what all that means. But at any, any point, this is what he said. All the friars, however, should preach by their deeds. Preach by their deeds. Now, this should help a lot of you because uh, some people feel like, man, I just I don't know what to do. I, I feel so I feel so nervous to go up and talk to people. I don't know how to start a conversation, how to uh, friend. This, this is a thought. You would be amazed what a kind deed would do, the kind of door that that would open and the door of utterance that would be given to you. Praise God. If you would learn to preach by your kind deeds, I believe the essence of the saying, which is uh, you should preach by your deeds or uh, what, what he said is it resonates clearly in us today because the witness of God is not in word only, but it means a whole lot more when it's in deed. Do you, can you agree with that uh, this morning? Amen. So let, let me look at, let me show you something just really quickly. God's creation is a witness. And in Psalms chapter 19, you don't have to turn there. It says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day to day utter speech and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. You see, even though they're not, you can't hear it with your ears, it's easy for everybody to see that there's something amazing out there. Can you say amen? Jesus said this, if, if I do not do the works of my Father, then do not believe me. But if I do, in, in essence, do the work of my Father, though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and believe that the Father is in me and I in the Father. In other words, the works that you're doing is speaking volumes. The actions that you do, the kindness that you show, the willingness to get involved is going to speak volumes and is a witness. And we need kindness. We need people in our generation that will get involved. And how do I know if I'm going to get involved? You'll know. When you see somebody hurting, you'll know. You'll know on the inside because people are needing love today. Let me just share something with you about Jesus. You know, in Acts 10, 38, it said, what did Jesus go about doing? He went about doing good. And what did he what did he do? He healing all that were oppressed of the devil. Is that right? And those good works served as a witness. Now, Jesus said, let your light shine before men. Is that right? That they and let your good works and glorify your father, which is in heaven. Just some thoughts about compassion. Compassion, once again, is a deep awareness of suffering coupled with a wish to relieve it. You've got the ability to help people. 
And uh, I guess a story that I can that I can cover fairly quickly is a story of of the un, uh, the story of the um, let's go to the Good Samaritan. That's a good one to start. Luke ten thirty three. Y'all know this story. And the story goes that um, there was a, a man that fell among thieves. Remember that story or parable? And he, uh, he said this. Jesus answered in verse 30 of Luke chapter 10. Can you turn there with me? Amen. And Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. Verse 31. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Oops. Verse 32. Likewise, the Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and went where he was, and when he saw, excuse me, and looked and passed by on the, what did he do? The other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came uh, there where he was, and when he saw him, he had what? Compassion, And so he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, took care of him. The next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, Take care of him and whatever more you spend, when I come in, I will repay you. Let the word talk to you. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among thieves? Jesus is asking you to be a good neighbor. And when he said, Who do you think? showed, uh, uh, so which of these do you think was neighbor to him who fell among thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. And Jesus said to him, everybody say these words, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. Here's a thought, friends. As a church, we can no longer ignore the pain and the suffering. Hey, I'm... Just like you, there, there are so many needs in the earth today. Every, everywhere you turn, there's people standing out with, with food wanted, no, no food, can you help me, can you help me? I mean, I get it. I mean, we are surrounded with that. But we cannot allow ourselves to be callous. You know, I remember witnessing with uh, Nick Ken in the streets of San Francisco. Um, uh, actually, where was it? it? Actually, it wasn't San Francisco. It was around here. It was in Hayward. And it was one of the outreaches where God really moved mightily. And wow, people were turning their lives over to Christ right and left, right and left, right and left. Several thousands won in that weekend. But I remember there was a car and there were several guys in the car. And Nick Ken, you got to understand, is very, very skilled at following the leading of the Holy Spirit. So let's put a little balance into the message, right? And I said, I said, Brother Nick, let's go over there and let's talk to those guys in the car. And he, and he said to me, do you have a leading I says, well, no, I just thought, you know, we're here to witness to everybody, right? We're here to just, you know. And, and he says, I, I, don't, I don't have a leading. I, there's, there's something not right. There is something not right, essentially, is what he said. Something not right over there. Let's, let's not. And so you need to be led as to when and when not. See, you, you believe God for doors of utterance. And he, sensed there's, he said to me, there's something very evil in that car right now. So there's a time for things. Amen. There's a timing. So you're surrounded with needs. Surrounded. Obviously, in an emergency situation, that becomes very, very clear to you. You know, like somebody is in an accident and the car is on the side of the road and you're the only person there. It seems like, Lord, should I do something? Well, instead of just driving on, maybe you should pray at least 
please pray and think about what can I do. You know how important it could be for you to call 911, stop and call 911. You know, that could save a life if you did that. But see, we got to stop being afraid. Jesus said this, it takes faith to be a witness. Jesus said this, nothing shall by any means hurt you. Think about that. We are not to be afraid to live where we live. We're living here for a purpose. We're here on a mission to be light. And as we get the green light from God to get involved if there's an accident situation or if there's another emergency, like then we follow that leading and we do what we can to bring peace and healing. Somebody say amen. amen. But I want, to, I, want to, I want to read just some closing comments on this before we pray. And... Uh, and, 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 and here's something to say, see if I could read exactly. Pity and compassion should overflow our hearts for the poor, the aged, the lost, the lonely, the wayward, the hungry, the empty, the orphaned, diseased, hungry, unclothed, and hurting. The important point for us to see is that the believer no longer has the right to overlook the needy of the world. Now... I have a little, I believe they call this an acrostic, and we're going to kind of close with this. Are you ready? We're not going to go much longer. Can you stay with me for a few minutes here? The, the, the letter C, C, the word that I have for the letter C is care, care. Allow God to care through you, care. In other words, instead of being callous, like walk on the other side and don't get involved, be available for the Spirit of God to do something through you. It's amazing what a phone call could do, a five-second, five-minute phone call can do. Because most of us, let's face it, we don't want to jump into something that's going to drag us out and drag out and get really uh, overextend us. Is that right? But you know, it's amazing what a little deposit might make. Let me just encourage you about something. I remember working on the house. I was working under the house and there's a little crawl space, I don't know, about 18 inches or so, maybe a little more, maybe a little, certainly not less. And uh, I thought that my wonderful, encouraging wife was going to kind of be there for me. So there's that trap door on the side of the house. And I was, and, and I got deep under the house. It's real dark under there and, you know, dirt and everything. And um, I just, my heart was sinking as I kept realizing she's not there. I wish she was there. Just, just, can you say, somebody say moral support. How many of you have been, looks like you've been crawling under a house recently. Is that right? When people are smiling, the people that are smiling know what I'm talking about. You're crawling under the house. I don't know you're working on plumbing or insulation or electricity or something, okay? So here, here I was all by myself. And man, you start, you know, you could, you could feel real discouraged under there. But I want you to know something. Finally, I'm deep in there. Finally, she goes under that trap door and it's kind of open like this she she goes there hi honey how's it going oh i can't tell you how much that did for my soul just hi honey i mean listen she didn't have to be in the dirt she didn't have to be in the rocks she didn't have to be down in there with all the fiberglass and everything and somebody say spiders you you see that should elicit something too you that elicit something right she didn't have to be there but her words and just knowing that she was there, just her voice brought comfort. Let me encourage you something. Care enough to pick up the stinking phone and make the phone call. Love somebody today. Encourage somebody. You know they're going through something. Instead of avoiding them, pick up the phone and make that five-minute call because it'll encourage their heart. You know, give me scripture and verse. You know, a good word makes fat 
the bones, hallelujah, makes happy heart, hallelujah. Well, all I know is from experience, that was amazing when, when she said, and, and, and just by her saying, you're doing real good, honey, you go for it, you macho dude, you know, you go for it. That's just like, yeah, huh, yeah, get a little more dirty. Mm. <laughs> care. Allow yourself to care. There's enough people that are callous. Don't be callous, be caring. Okay, let's go with O. The word I have for O is open, open, open your eyes, heart of the bay. Start seeing the confused, the lost, the scared, the broken. And after you open your eyes, open your mind, open your heart, open your hand. God will give you an idea. See, there's there's resources. You may think like, well, I don't have a lot to give. I don't have a lot to give. Gosh, I I wish I had time to share this story. There's a young man going door to door. He couldn't have been more than 18, 19 years old. And we lived in Castro Valley at the time. And he was selling soap, you know, or something. So I, so I, I opened the door. He goes, hey, we're, I'm selling this. Do you want some of this? You know, this really terrible pitch. Paul, he needed lessons really bad. I mean, I know you could sell anything, man. You could sell phone books today if I turned you loose. But the thing about it is this kid needed lessons, man. You could have laid hands on that kid. Hi, I wonder if you would like some of this. This is a real good cleaner. I mean, just really monotone. And I said, I says, you know what? I, how do you like door-to-door sales? I'm sorry, Paul. I don't like door-to-door. I'm like, dude, I'm in the middle of something. Would you please? Like, no, I don't have time for this. You know, but so I, I let the guy down. No, I don't think, I don't think that uh, we'll do that. And he was, and he was so poor in spirit. He said, okay. And then, you know, he walked away. And just in a moment of sanity, not insanity, in a moment of sanity, God gripped my heart. He opened my eyes to what was happening to this young man. Well, what happened to him? Well, I, I, just, I just saw him going from, how, from door to door in our complex, and he was all like this and that. So he went down, and I went, honey, there's something about that kid. So, I don't know. I feel, I feel something about that kid. Now, let me tell you, when you're open, when you are open. Now, I'm not trying to say that Pastor Tom is all that, but I'm saying that in this one instance, I was open, okay? Thank you. Because, okay, so I said, there's something about this kid. So he was already down the street. So I went ahead and I ran down the street because he was like a quarter of a block down. And I ran up to him and said, I said, I said, young man, just a moment here. I said, um, I said, did you sell anything? He says, no, I haven't sold anything. He was like, you know, you could tell he was really broken. He said, and I said, I said, um, I said, come with me. I'll tell you what. I'll buy the whole box. Come here. Come to my place. Come to my place. We brought him into our house. We said, okay, how much do you want? How much you got? You got 12 bottles in the box. Okay, how much do I? Okay, we'll cut you a check for that. Okay, now sit down for a minute. Said, what's, what's your story? What's happening in your life? Well, he, he ended up in one of these, one of these uh, companies that grabs a hold of kids. His family is far away and he's trapped in this company. There's no way to get out. He's doing terrible. They're really writing him because he's not a salesman. He's a lost kid for crying out loud. And I said, well, where's your family? Far away. I says, I, says, I can't go home. My, 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 my dad hates me or whatever it was. He says, well, how about a sister? He goes, well, my sister, my sister, I can go be with my sister. I says, you can, can you? He says, how, what, what would happen today if I can get you to your sister? What would happen if I can... Oh, I don't have a phone and I don't have anything. People are surrounding us like this, friends. So I said, I said, I said, I said, let me tell you something. We're going to help you. 
We're going to help you get there. He says, so let's do something. So I can't, ta- I can't be too dramatic with this. I don't want to take forever, but hum you into the story so far. This really happened. It's really, and I'm only on O, open. Oh, my gosh. Be open. So, so I find out he's like, I think it was Colorado or something like this. And, uh, and I said, okay, well, first, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to have you call your sister right now. Is that all right? Really? Really? Somebody cares enough to help? says, yeah, we're, we're going to have you call your sister. So he connected with his sister. I said, hi, my name is Tom Hernandez. Um, uh, we have your, your uh, brother here, and he's in California. Where is he? Where did he end up? How did he end up over there? He says, just relax. We're going we're gonna to see about getting him back home to you. So here he is. Put him on the phone, and you know, he's wiping the tears, and he's talking to her. This kid's in pain. He's confused, right? So then I said, okay, Let's, let's see what we do. So, so I says, okay, we'll be in touch. We exchange information and this and that. And what we ended up doing is I said, okay, what will it take for you to get out of that company? He says, man, I just, I just want out. There, it's just, I just don't have the money to leave. I, I just can't leave because I, just, I haven't made any money. I says, oh, fine. I said, this is what we're going to do. He says, how can I see you again? He, goes, he says, I don't have a phone, but I'm staying at that Heritage Hotel. He says, okay, this is what we'll do. Um, we're going we're gonna to talk to some friends and we'll just see you around. Tell me the neighborhoods that you're going to be around selling and we'll, we'll, we'll connect with you somehow. Guess what happened? I called one of our friends that has a lot of miles on their airplane and whatever, you know. And I said, hey, I have a kid that really needs some help. See, you got, somebody say you've got connection. You got connection. I says, listen, I, have, I, need, I need to help a kid. We need to help a kid get back to his family. He's lost. He's trapped. He goes, you got it. Where do I get it? Get it to me by, by tomorrow. You got it. I'll deliver it to your house. What's the kid's name? Gave him the kid's name. I says, okay, great. So we have this. And then I'm driving Sterling. <laughs> And who would I see but this kid? There's this kid. He's, I mean, it was just amazing how I found him. I didn't even have to search for him very far. This was deep between Castro Valley and Hayward. I was taking Sterling to school at Redwood or something. And so I see the kid. I says, we got you covered. This is, this is where our church is. Meet me here. We've got airplane tickets. We'll take you there. How can we make it happen? He goes, really? He couldn't believe this. Guess what? He came to church that following Sunday morning. We were over there on the old building, right? He came to church and he had all of his stuff wrapped up like in a garbage bag. That's all he had. So we brought him home. We fed him real good. He says, tonight you stay with us. Gave him, Sterling emptied his closet. So here's some clothes to wear. We gave him a suitcase. Here, you could travel with this. Says, and he's just overwhelmed with all the goodness that's happening in his life. The next day, Sterling and I took him to the airport. And that afternoon, he was united with his sister. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Back home again. See, you don't always have to do everything yourself. But see, you've got connections and God could help you to help somebody. You could be a part of somebody's miracle. Somebody say, be open. A stands for the word act. Let compassion motivate you to do what you can do. Your little bit. See, the fact that I knew somebody that knew somebody is all that was necessary. I may not have had a thousand dollars to put them on a jet, but I didn't have to. I knew somebody that had the passes. Amen. So act, act. The other thing is S, seek. There's a couple of them. Seek. Compassion actively seeks out people that are hurting. Instead of avoiding people, seek them. Jesus came to seek and to save that which is lost. Come on, shout somebody. 
The other word S is share. Share what you have or share what you know. You may say, I don't know very much, but I'm going to tell you something. You do know something. You may say, I don't have a whole lot. But you would be surprised that somebody that has nothing, when we're taking things out, we're doing a spring cleaning, we're throwing things out, ladies and gentlemen, that other people would only dream of having. Come on, America, let's wake up. There are some people, those pair of shoes that you're throwing out that they never quite fit and they're like brand new and you're throwing them out or whatever whatever you're doing don't you understand there are people living under bridges that could use a coat that could use a pair of shoes somebody say a glory god's helping us the other word is i we have three more letters and then we're good you still good with me identify i for identify compassion identifies with the one suffering and like i say jesus bore bore our sin he bore our pain he's asking us to bear one another's burdens and help people on their way so pay ec- plan extra time for compassion hallelujah to identify needs let's go to the other o i have another o opportunity make the most of every opportunity to bring the love of christ to people and the last one n is neighbor a person who shows kindness or helpfulness towards his or her fellow man you find out that the neighbor had a stroke do something you found out that somebody's uh, had a death in the family do something when you see a gathering and people are crying don't pull away that's a time somebody say press in because you're an agent of the love of god amen Hallelujah. So there you have it. Like never before, I really believe that heart of the bay is getting ready to unleash its heart for the bay. And we're reaching out like never before. Can you shout amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Let's give God praise. Lord, we thank you for the word of God.